Hello, and welcome back to the Beyond Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm blessed to share the show with an extraordinary leader from my alma mater, Jennifer Watson. Jennifer is the owner of Jennifer Watson Leadership, a consulting company where she incorporates her gift of speaking along with the leadership skills she learned as an all-American collegiate athlete at the University of Wisconsin to help other high-performing leaders elevate beyond their mental and spiritual blocks to tap into their zone of genius. I was first introduced to Jennifer through a mastermind group online and was shocked that one of the first things I saw on her Instagram page was her dancing in a bikini in the snow. But it's that kind of fiery love of life that makes her and the way she leads so very special. Today, we're talking about how to find your quantum identity, which I promise isn't nearly as complicated as it might sound. And I know you guys are going to fall in love with Jennifer just like I did. You're listening to the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Mae Chipchinski. It is my purpose in life to use the lessons I've learned from more than a decade of leadership experience in everything from business to politics to nonprofit and the military to help you become the leader you've always dreamed of having. Whether you lead a network marketing team, a Bible study, a global brand, or a family of four, Every week, I'm going to walk you through tangible ways to grow your influence and make your vision a reality. So if you're ready to drop the burnout and bullshit strategy you've been fed and design your own aligned leadership style, you're in the right place. Let's go. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, Sarah. I love what you're doing. And it's always such an honor to connect with people in this same space. And I learned so much from you and your tribe. So it's an honor to be on. So thank you for having me. Yeah. And I, I love that we kind of come from the same background too, right? We're both UW-Madison grads. So that's super exciting. Woohoo! Love Go Badgers. Yeah, Go Badgers. <laughs> it's so fun to see though, the great leaders that our alma mater turns out. Yes. And I would totally agree with that. I've kept up with a lot of my colleagues and friends from college. I ran track at Wisconsin-Madison and still keep in connection with them. And a lot of them have continued to lead in different ways in their family life, their professional life. So I would agree with you. Wisconsin's an amazing school and it has brought out amazing people. Amen to that. (laughs) Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about your background, like collegiate sports. How did that help shape you into the leader that you are today? Absolutely. You know, it's really interesting. I always say, you know, athletes are a very different breed of people and they really bring a a different nuance to even leadership. And I will say sometimes good, sometimes bad. I work with a lot of high performers and some come from athletic backgrounds and it can serve you well and not serve you well. The wonderful things I got as an athlete were 100% perseverance, communication, teamwork, getting up time and time again after failure, refining your craft, so many beautiful things. I got to travel and all this stuff, but also with sport, the tendency with sport is to really connect performance and success to significance and to Mm -hmm. love. And that can become really distorted and create other behavior issues that aren't good for you. And that can lead to the demise of a leader. So 
I really have found that athletes during their athletic arena days, as well as post-athleticism, that they've learned to use the great gifts and skill sets of being leaders on athletic teams in separating success from significance, because that's something that's really needed even as leaders and things we do, right? We're, we're failing and then mm-hmm. we're getting back up and we're failing, getting back up. So one thing I definitely learned from a very young age from athletics is that learning to separate that, wanting this goal, but knowing it wasn't who I was or how great I was going to become to success. And I think that's one thing as an athlete, you really have to separate, but I love the journey. It gave me a lot of great I think attributes that I fan today as a leader, but just like anything, you can take things too far and you want to make sure that you're, you're really corralling in the gifts there. But athlete, being an athlete at Wisconsin Medicine was a beautiful gift and it served me well as a leader for sure. Right. So you, you talk about separating that success. And I also know that you talk a lot about identity. Mm-hmm. So when you have that success and that success is your identity for whatever period of time, when you go to move on, then I guess, where does your identity come from? Yeah. You know, I think that is such a great question. And so many of us, it's not even just sports, Sarah, but so many of us maybe have had success in an area of our life. And I mean, where we were highly successful, we were like the top 1%. And then Mm -hmm. we either by choice or not by choice, you know, something's ended, we have to go into a different arena. And I think we all have to be really careful to connect identity to something that you're really good at and and how how to separate your identity from something you're good at is highly highly important as leaders because we are training other leaders to be leaders even the team that we're leading and if people aren't separating continuously who they are as people without all, I'll call it the bells and whistles. And that means all of our superficial successes, whatever that means to you, Sarah, some of it, us, it's buying the the million dollar home or making a certain amount of money or having a certain number of kids. I mean, our success is very subjective, but I always tell people the way that we get to our true identity and it's your power, it's your power as a leader is if you took all that away that you have now or have had, had in the past that was successful to you, what would be left? And that's where I start with a lot of my clients that are really struggling as leaders or trying to identify who they are without success because it comes and goes, right? As leaders, we have to remember that. As entrepreneurs, we have to remember that. As people, we have to remember that. Mm -hmm. Look at last year, Sarah. There are people that lost a lot of things and they had to go back to who am I really? And that is your true identity. And this is what I love to talk about with people because when we really get that dialed in and get you firm and steady on it, and I do call it the quantum identity method that I use with a lot of my clients, you are so anchored, Sarah, it actually gets me excited talking about it because no matter then your quote success, again, whatever that means to you on the outside world, you are so steady like a rock in your identity. You just pick back up, you refine, you learn and you move it forward. And it really does start with understanding what your true identity is without success. And we can do that, your superpower in every area of your life. Yeah, one of so I, I spent a lot of time in 2020 working on emotional intelligence. And my EQ coach to me asked me at one point, she said, Who are you? Mm. And I started in, you know, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a soldier, I'm a business owner, I'm a, and she's, No, 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 no. Who are you? You. Mm-hmm. Absent of other people, absent of the things that you've done, who are you? Mm-hmm. 
and I stopped. And in that moment, I had no clue Mm -hmm. and I had no choice, but to, when I get stressed, my, my emotions come out my tear ducts Mm -hmm. and I just, I released the fact that I had no freaking clue who I was absent of my success and absent of other people. Yeah. So like as a leader, holy shit, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was just, wow. And now I've continued that work. Yes. And and it's so important. And I work with people on emotional intelligence all the time, but really understanding your identity and who you are is really, truly self-mastery. And I always say identity is who you're being without thinking about it. So when you said to her, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, that isn't really your identity. You really have to pause and be still. And this is where that first part of EQ comes in, emotional intelligence, super self-awareness of who am I without all the stuff I just named or heard that I do or that I'm successful at? And that is really the first step in understanding your identity is who am I being without thinking about it? It's all your beliefs and behaviors that are patterned in you right now for good or for bad and becoming really aware of that. You have to pause. You have to. And that's how I can get people to understand it. Like you were like, I don't know. I'm like, just wait. Let's sit and think about it. And when you do that, you allow your brain already to start looking at other creative options of what you are. And that is the first step in emotional intelligence. That's the first step in identity is really understanding who you are from an awareness of what you are being, what behaviors you're bringing to the table, again, good or bad in your life. Mm -hmm. I usually start with people a lot of times, what they feel is not a great behavior or a great belief that keeps popping up like a hamster wheel in their brain. And usually there's an old pattern, an old wound, something that was learned from a very young age. But until you sit in it and are super self-aware, you can't break free from that. And I call it the saran wrap that is around your, your true identity. You're just kind of being something you kind of think you're supposed to be or that you grew up with and you just kind of kept going with it. So when you really start with the first step of self-awareness, which is the first step of emotional intelligence, you start really getting like, wait a minute, I don't know who I am. And this belief or behavior that I have is actually not really me. It doesn't feel good. Let's start there and break free of them. And when you do that, then you can get actually into the real identity, self-actualization, using tools, using modalities to fan your gifts, fan your personality, fan your passions, fan your great communication, fan your unique communication, fan your love language, all these other entities, but tell you self-aware, then you self-actualize, then you actually create impact and always remember then the cycle continues where you continue to evolve. Because as you continue to evolve, other old wounds come up. Then you self-reflect again, self-aware. Hmm, what is this old pattern? Let's use some tools to break it down. I do tools with people all the time on this. Then repeat and start implementing better tools for your real identity, self-actualization, then more impact. And the cycle just keeps on going. And it's amazing how I see people take quantum leaps in leading their team and yes, ultimately success, whether it be money goals, team goals, personal goals, it doesn't matter. And that's why I call it with my method, the quantum identity method, because you really dig in deep first on self-awareness. What are some old beliefs and behaviors that really are not serving you and really aren't you? You're like, I don't know who I am. Great. Namaste that one. Let's clear that out. Then once we do, we can self-actualize who you are and then impact. And let's just keep repeating it. Keep You guys, we're onions. We're delayering yourself all the time. And that's okay. That's what we call self-mastery. When you get that we're constantly learning, we're never fully mastering until we die. That's just how we grow, right? And 
I think when we get that and we keep refining by fire and not and be okay truly of like getting, wow, I didn't realize that about myself, but this is actually really what I want. The healing begins and you to move in, into more epic you. It feels good to actually be you, right? <laughs> it, it does. But that process yes. is terrifying. And I love that you call it saran wrap because mm-hmm. not only does the saran wrap like wrap you up, it binds you up, right? It keeps all the the smells and the everything in the casserole container. But if you put it over your face, it's going to suffocate you. Yes. Yeah. And you know, think about it. Think about this. And I love that you just said this. I don't care if I'm teaching leadership or wellness. I, I, I do not care. You still have to have your core identity. When you have that saran wrap on, you know what that saran wrap often is, Sarah? It's betrayal of self. Ooh. Betrayal of self. And what I mean is when you are asked, I think it's such a great example, who are you? You're like, WTF? I have no idea. And they start thinking about it and you start realizing it's someone else's story or an old wound and belief from someone else's old wound belief. And you're sort of going, I actually... I'm not even being the person I was meant to be. OMG, it's a great aha, but it's the worst form of betrayal when you're betraying who you're actually supposed to be. And when you ask this beautiful question she asked you, you can actually step back and go, that isn't me. I'm going to take one step into a Mm -hmm. behavior, a belief that is me, that feels expansive, right? Intuitive, Mm -hmm. communicating my way with my love language. And it doesn't feel good when you first realize you're like, gosh, I've been self-betraying for so long. You literally become a walking corpse, Sarah. You not only have the saran wrap on, you can't breathe, but you literally are, are sabotaging your true self, your genetic blueprint of why you're here. No one else has the same blueprint as you. That's going to walk the same path as you. You're spending all this time walking someone else's freaking path. How many of us have done that this past year, even leaders, to fit in, right? That realization that everything that I identified as was just a laundry list of crap that other people had placed on me. Right. It was, you're, you're good at this. Okay, so I must be that thing. Yes. You're... You're really good at what you do in the military. Okay, so I must be a soldier. You're really right. good at what you did in your network marketing business. Okay, so I must be a leader in that business. Right. right. Come to find out, that's not me. <laughs> no. And the irony is it's such a paradox because guess what? We humans do need to feel connected to people. They're like, yeah, good job. Do it this way. And like, we need our tribe. Right. But often these same things, these pats on the back are sending us down a path that's not even us. Right. Because we're, we're liking we're liking the, the dopamine rush of getting the, the pats on the back. Right. This is why I love being an athlete. OK. Mm-hmm. I got tears. I got the dopamine rush, honey girl. I, I loved it. I was in my masculine phase. I'm like winning and I loved it. OK. But then I realized I'm like, I don't know if I even like to run anymore. I'm good at it but is it really who I am? I had to question myself. I went through a huge period of pretty severe depression after sports. I'm like, who am I? This is when I started mm-hmm. down my path of my identity. I'm like, who am I without sport? Who am I without being smart? Who am I without having all my friends? Who am I? And I'm like, oh my God, I've been living someone else's life. And again, it was tough. I realized the betrayal that was happening and how much it was affecting my wellness, my mental health, my leadership skills. And once I got down and dirty on that, it was easy then 
to catch it. I got a coach right away that kept me accountable on like old beliefs and behaviors. And before I knew it, I started actualizing something different that felt more like me. And it doesn't feel good, Sarah, to be more like you. You know, I want to be a part of a group of people that love me for who I am. So yes, we want, we, we, we want to be connected, but it should never be trumped by your need to understand what you are and who you really are, okay? You shouldn't want to be a part of a group that's not really speaking your language just to be a part of something, which, by the way, we do this all the time. It happened this last year. We're shaming mm-hmm. ourselves into being a part of a group, right? Because we don't want to deal with the conflict that someone not, might not like us for our opinion or whatever. I'm like, do you actually want to be someone you're not and just be in a group that you that really doesn't light your fire? I mean, how exhausting is that, right? You know, so mm-hmm. I think it's really important for us to understand we do need human beings to uplift us and connect us and celebrate us and hold us accountable and refine us by fire. But ultimately, we still have to separate first and say, who are we? So we can pick the right tribe. We can pick the right mm-hmm. people on our team, right? That fan mm-hmm. us and we fan them appropriately. When you self-betray and self-sabotage, you, you're hurting yourself and everybody around you. And by the way, newsflash, not everybody's going to like you. <laughs> There's almost Uh-oh. a billion people in the world. Everybody's <laughs> going to like you, honey. I'm like, and I'm okay with that. I'm fine at that point in my life. I'm like, I'm okay with that. It doesn't mean I'm being mm-hmm. mean and throwing toilet paper at someone. And what I'm saying is, is, you know, you can lovingly honor someone else's journey in yours as well and find your tribe. There's almost 8 billion people in the world again, right? And you'll find mm-hmm. the people that resonate with you, but you've got to find your identity first. You have to. And if you don't know what that is, listen, I, I lead people and executives that make a lot of money. Okay. And they were miserable by the end of last year. They're like, like, I don't even know who I am and I'm making all this money, but I could care less. I'm like a walking corpse. They had to go back to this identity piece and they had to stand it like courage in it and go, you know what? This is my truth team. If you don't like it, then we have to negotiate and kind of figure out this is the right team. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that takes a lot of courage, but in the end, Sarah, it's beautiful. It's this beautiful dance. You get to co-create with yourself and with the others that resonate with you. So now it's fun and it's ease and flow. We both know Kelly Brock, how we talk about doing things within peace and ease and flow. Mm-hmm. And part of that is just being more epically you. And that's hard for a lot of people because we don't like rejection. We want to be a part of people. We want to be a part of something, but man, it's so not worth it if you self-betray. And when you understand who you are, you start getting really giddy about being around people that get you. Yeah. And I I think it's really important to note too, and tell me if you disagree, but your identity can change over time. Yes. And that doesn't mean who you were is bad. And that doesn't mean who you were should be forgotten because old Sarah, there are things that old Sarah did and things that old Sarah was that serve current Sarah and they sure as hell served old Sarah. So trying to figure out as you grow as a human, like what still serves me and what can I let go of? What can I honor by letting go of it? I love, I love that you just said that because part of the way that I teach people the right, the reason why I say quantum, because you get your identity and delayer and become more and more of you and evolve more quickly. When you get the steps that I give people, we start with self-awareness. Then we go to self-actualization. Then we go to impact that you want to make. And then we look, reassess 
what's new that's coming up? How am I evolving and changing? And then you go back to self-awareness, then self-actualization, mm-hmm. then impact. And you keep making the cycle. And as you get better, you're literally making quantum leaps in your leadership, in your identity, and everything just starts getting easy. You're working less. You're becoming more productive because mm-hmm. you are such in your jam of flow. So I 100% agree with you that you're never done. And when you get that and you adapt more quickly, see, oh, I see that. That's an old behavior. Let's try something different. Self actualize. Okay. Impact. Now move on. Oh, I see something different. Then you just start rolling and it's fun. You start saying not all these hurdles, but more just like, oh, there comes something else that I need to work on. That's great. And just becomes this beautiful dance. And I think when we're willing to be malleable, when we're willing to know that we're always evolving, it just makes us have more fun with this process that we're talking about. And I love that. Love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah. So how would you go about, you've got friends from old life, right? And they, they come at you and they expect you to be the old person. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that yeah. without breaking those friendships? Yeah. That, and that is, you're asked such great questions. You know, there are going to be times that you're going to have to let certain relationships go or create boundaries in a relationship. And that also includes family, everyone, just FYI. You know, you really have to know what your yeses are and your noes are and your negotiables. And before you go to this friend, you know, that you're connecting with and you're seeing, I'll just say they're seeing a different part of you that they're maybe creating resistance with. They're maybe, I'll just say maybe not liking, they don't get you as much. As you, they're responding to you, you have to know before you go even into these conversations, what are your hard yeses and what are your hard noes? I always say top three, like this person has to be able to fan me in open up her heart to expand to the new place I'm in. Maybe that isn't. Maybe you're like negotiable on that because you don't see them a lot. You know, you you have to know that relationship, how much you're invested in it and what, again, it, it, it's very person dependent. What your yeses are, what your noes and what your negotiables and what is get out of jail free card. Like they're just not meant to be in your life anymore, right? So when you finally go into a conversation going, okay, this is what I anticipate with this relationship. This is what I desire. What do they need back? Can we make this work? And if so, what are the healthy boundaries around it? You know, we hear the word boundaries and people are like, well, that's restrictive. I'm like, no, it's not. You know, it's just being super honest. We're so freeing. Right. It's very freeing. So I would say it's very person dependent. You know, you have to already again know your identity. Like what are your hard yeses and no's and negotiables? And then let the, or, the conversation organically happen. And if you're seeing some hard no's, red flags, then, you know, there's a decision to be made. Like, is there a limited amount of time that you're spending with this person? And this happened last year? Or is this person that literally needs to be kind of disconnected from you? And I want to say permanently, but kind of sort of maybe. Okay. And you have to be okay with that. And people are like, even family, family, you know, you guys, that again, it depends on the person when I coach with people where that lies, but creating boundaries and limiting time is very important if you don't want to completely disconnect because it's family. But I will say there's some toxic times where you have to be willing to do that. And it's not that they're bad people. It's just you're in a different space and you're both not fanning each other well. So you have to be super responsible with that. And maybe they can't be. So you have to take the lead on that possibly. And, and, and you have to go into it with a great intention that you want to make sure you are coming in presently in a beautiful way and how they take it, you've got to eliminate the expectation. You have no idea. Okay. If you do yours in a loving, beautiful way and you decide Mm -hmm. a certain 
scenario of how you want the relationship to go and they don't respond well, and you did it with good intention and truth and purpose, you do have to let go of the expectation. Okay. Your intention is whatever your intention is for you and that relationship in living by your truth. And then from there, you have to just, again, disconnect from that, you know, expectation. And that goes with your team too. That goes with the people that you're leading, that when you have to present something maybe hard in a team meeting or a conversation that's going to be hard to discuss with people that you know maybe not agree with you, there has to be this hard yes, no negotiables that start happening in this community of your team in what do we need to create boundaries on, right? And again, even with teammates, right? We yeah, have to decide that absolutely. or a let go moment. You know, this is kind of a side tangent, Sarah. I'm sure you have this too, but I have a 90 day probation period with my team when I first hired them on because we're getting to know each other's boundaries and expectations. And there's nothing wrong with that if there needs to be a see you later bye. Okay. There's also ability to negotiate on that and being open to that and using your identity, using your intuition. We do a lot of different things to help people really make correct decisions. So there's a lot of layers to it per se. But it's pretty simple when you, again, go back to your identity and what you're trying to bring in love and truth to the world and how it's taken. You got to let go of that expectation, but decide what, again, your hard yeses, nos, and negotiables are when you're bringing it to someone that maybe is not where you're at or doesn't understand where you're at. Does that make sense? (laughs) It absolutely does. So now say someone listening today is, is hearing this and going, oh my God, I also have no idea who I am. Obviously, emotional intelligence, EQ, self-actualization is something that is ongoing and it takes a long time. It is a process and not something you can do overnight. But what action steps could someone listening right now take today? Yes, that's a great question. Another great question. If you're struggling with that answer, who am I? I I really don't know, Jennifer. Humans start understanding who they are by contrast. It's polarity, it's physics, Sarah. So we have to play with things to see what we're good at, to see what we like, to see what we're not good at and what we do like. And if you really don't know, that's when I tell people, write things down down that you want to try and play with them. And you'll find out very quickly. I don't like that. I don't fan very well there. I like that. I fan myself really, really well there. So you have to first start with activities that are polar opposite from each other. Maybe Mm -hmm. if you don't know if you're an introvert and expert, go to a party and then go by yourself in the woods one day, which do you like? (laughs) If Mm -hmm. you like to speak in front of people, try it out. Oh my gosh, I hate public speaking. Maybe you do better in small groups. Try a small group. Oh my gosh, I like that, Jennifer. You have to do massive contrast and try a couple different things. And then you start filtering like, oh, I do like this. Then it goes down a different road. Like then you try something down that road. So contrast is everything. I will say that to your listeners. Contrast is everything. And also too, once you start doing that, memories start coming up of times in your life, like, you know what? I remember I didn't like that as a kid, <laughs> or I did like that mm-hmm. as a kid. Does that make sense? When you start bringing up old memories of like, oh my gosh, other ideas of things I've liked. When you start stimulating your mind with different things, you start stimulating old things from your past, good and bad, that you felt you did well at or not. So it starts by just trying things out, Sarah. And it doesn't have to be a lot. You know, people are like, I don't have hours, Jennifer. You don't have to do it hours. Do a 10-minute talk and for a presentation. How did that feel? Go on a 10-minute walk by yourself. How did that feel? You, you, you start kind of figuring it out. It doesn't have to mm-hmm. take a lot of time. So that's the first step I would say is contrast. Try a few things out. Also, the second thing I would really encourage people to look at 
is when you sit and create space, okay, there's a lot of biohacking tools that we don't have to go into today, but that really helps you amp this part up that I'm about to go into real quick, Sarah. But when you just sit and create space, just sit in, I mean, I literally have taken high performers in huge, massive entrepreneurs. They're like, this is what I'm paying you for. I'm like, yes, just trust me on this. And they just sit and they start thinking about their life and the things they want to improve. Their mind starts relating old behaviors, old beliefs that don't serve them well. We were meant to survive, so that's where your brain's going to go first. When you pause for a moment, it doesn't go to the good stuff, by the way. That's where we adapt and grow. That's our higher level cortex. When you sit and pause, it goes to the bad. Why? Because our brain wants to keep us safe. So it wants to look at the things that have brought us pain, (laughs) right? And the Mm -hmm. reason why that's important is when you go and think about things that maybe you're like, wow, that behavior or that old relationship or that thing that didn't go well, doesn't make me feel good. When you pause there, your brain starts activating the higher level cortex of creativity to problem solve that issue. And the reason why that's important, if you have that constant memory coming up, guess what? It's playing out in your current life as the saran wrap over your identity. I'm telling you guys, this is huge. Old beliefs, old behaviors are playing out in your current life from a bad experience in your past. You're just not aware of it until you pause. That's the saran wrap we were talking about with your identity, okay? So first step, contrast, play with things. Be willing to sit, even if it's five minutes, you guys, and your brain's going to start looking at things you struggle with or you're having a hurdle with or that's just been a problem in your life. Let the brain go with it. Let it problem solve for you. Again, I have a lot of modalities to help activate that, but just by being still, it will give your brain an opportunity to look at something different in a different way. And you've got to do that to break free of the saran wrap so all the contrast you're doing with the plane that I'm talking about actually can serve you in a profound way. If that saran wrap is on and that belief system is sticking there, it's going to be really hard for you to feel this contrast of this feels good or bad. So those are the two things I would encourage everyone to do is play. See what you feels good and expands you. What doesn't? Write those things down. You start the process. Second, you've got to be willing to sit with the yuck and see what that old behavior is and let your brain start making ideas to create a different story so you can get that saran wrap off. Use the identity that is beautifully yours. And let's make epicness happen. <laughs> oh, I love that. Let's make epicness happen. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me today. I love talking to you and I know that everything that you said today is there's somebody listening that is this is it's going to hit. It's going to hit. And if they want to get in touch with you, is Instagram the best place to do that? Yes, definitely. I'm the most active on Instagram and actually LinkedIn as well. And it's just Jennifer Watson Leadership. And I do answer my own DMs. So if any of you guys have questions or just want additional support on the questions, we we want you to live your real life, which is your true identity and be the leaders. I know Sarah loves us too, that you are meant to become because that's what we need in this world right now. And you, you count. Absolutely. Thanks again, Jennifer. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I sincerely hope that you got something out of today that you are going to be able to take and use on your journey to wherever it is you're going. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe and share your takeaways on social media. Don't forget to tag me at Sarah Mayski on Instagram. While you're waiting for the next episode, 
please check out our exclusive Beyond Leadership community over on Facebook to connect with more like-minded and like-hearted individuals dedicated to learning, leading, and encouraging right alongside you every day. Until next time, let's go.